1: some bad but from everyone there has been something learned and now it's time to share that knowledge it's called paying it forward here these lessons learned are then paid forward to you with you paying it forward too josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother well three kids later josephine started her own company my mom knows best.com and glovie's but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on com, And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi.
2: Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I have to start my show off by thanking my family because we are on vacation here, and... um they were so kind to just say, go enjoy your radio show, and we'll be right here. We're having a family reunion, and they're all sitting around that kitchen table listening to us live here today, so we're very, very excited, and I know I say this every week that I have an incredible guest to share with you, but this week, I really, really mean it. Um, we're going to have Mike McCallowitz who is the owner and founder of Obsidian Launch, and he's also the author of The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. That is an incredible book that will help any entrepreneur out there. So um, I'd like to give you a little background on, Mike. I usually give you guys a whole big uh, paying it forward lesson, which I guess I can do today. Um, I was thinking about it this morning, and I said, what would be my lesson today? And I think... It really is all about planning. When you are running your own business, it's so important to have your goals. And I love the idea of writing down your goals in big bold letters and posting it up and keeping it on your desk so that you are reminded of those goals. And it's always great to have you know, a daily goal, a weekly goal, a monthly goal, a quarterly goal, and your big long-term goals. So I can't wait to hear our guest, Mike, you know, discuss goals a little further. So um, with that, I'd like to take a moment and tell you a little bit about our guest today. So Mike Michalowicz, he's got a really funny story about how he actually lived in a retirement village for a little while. And, um, Let's see. Uh, So Mike is a graduate of Inc. and MIT's Birthing of Giants Entrepreneurial Program. He has received multiple entrepreneurship awards, including the Small Business Association's Young Entrepreneur of the Year. Mike is a recurring guest on CNBC's uh, The Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch, which I don't believe is running anymore, but... um, You can go to Mike's website and you'll see all the great um, shows that he did with Donnie Deutsch. He's been on ABC News, Fox News, and other television programs. He's also been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, U.S. News and World Report, National Public Radio, The New York Times, and tons of other publications. So Mike is a frequent guest lecturer for entrepreneurial groups and professional business groups throughout the world. Mike is also a guest lecturer for collegiate entrepreneurial programs such as Babson, Boston College, Columbia, Emerson, Harvard, Penn State, Pepperdine, and Princeton. So, with that, I would really, I'm very, very excited to introduce Mike McAllowitz. So, good morning, Mike. How are you doing? Good
0: morning. How are you? And kudos to you <laughs> taking a little break I'm doing great. A little break from the vacation time. How are the family? I know, Mike. You know
2: how that goes. And um, they're all very, very excited, though, because my kids really wanted to be on the show today. And I said, well, they might get a little shy, so we won't do that. But um, they're all around the kitchen table listening to us. So, Mike, the pressure's on for me to have a really, really good show today. (laughs) And I have all faith in you,
0: Mike. Well, going through my bio there, I think we ate through half the show anyway, so we're pretty much done
2: now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, let me tell you, you're like one of the best guests I could ever have on Paying It Forward because I think you do an incredible job. I absolutely love your book. I was sitting on the beach reading it for the second time the past couple of days, and I just think you represent a true entrepreneur, and I can't wait to hear all about your tips. Um on how we can help our listeners who are just starting out. Perhaps you can help them with some of your entrepreneurial tips. Maybe somebody who's thinking about writing a book, maybe you have some tips about that. But before we get started with that, I love asking this question, Mike. So did you always think you were going to be an entrepreneur?
0: No, no. And (laughs) and I think my story is maybe a little less typical than you'd expect. I think a lot of people plan or expect to be an entrepreneur because their family, you know, their their father, their mother was an entrepreneur, so they they felt it. I think a lot of people, uh, at least stories we read about, were you know, kind of silver spooned, like the Donald Trump, where his father was a super successful, therefore he's it's kind of like given to him, and now his family, his children, his daughter and his son are becoming super successful because he was. Or, or you hear the other story where someone that grows up in like a, you know, a ghetto in a, in a very tough neighborhood, starving, fighting for their lives, basically, and they become entrepreneurs as a way out. But uh, my story was very kind of middle class. Um, grew up in a family. My parents, my mother was a stay-at-home mom most of her life, and then we got out of high school. She worked. My father was uh, one job his entire life. So uh, funny enough... Uh, there was no entrepreneurial inspiration. I kind of kind of fell into it in a unique way. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it's great. But did you ever do a lemonade stand or a paper route when you were younger?
0: No, like none of that <laughs> stuff. And, and no, the only thing I did was uh, I used to sell um, cassette tape. I, I'm sorry, I used to rent cassette tapes, so like the newest. Greatest album would come out from like ACDC or something, and I would get all my savings, get it, and then I would rent it out to my friends. And so we were like, you know, 12 years old, and you couldn't, you didn't have enough money to buy a cassette tape or a, a 33 record uh, or 45. So I would go out and buy them and then rent them out. So that was, I guess, the closest I ever got to being an entrepreneur.
2: Yeah, but how funny is that, Mike? I am telling you, probably 99% of my guests, when I really, really push them to think if they, whether they were an entrepreneur or not when they were younger, a lot of times before the age of 12, they did something that sparked, you know, had the entrepreneurial spirit, and you definitely did.
0: I mean, I, yeah, 17. I guess I did, or money laundering. <laughs> I don't know, because I, what I did was I would uh, – surround myself. I was a, skin, I still am, a skinny kid. I mean, I was a really skinny uh, uh-huh. kid. So I, I get pushed around. So when it came to the collections, um, I made sure I became friends with the bigger guys. And so when someone was renting out tape, my cost was a dollar a day, by the way. Uh, uh-huh. You know, five, six days would pass. And that's real money now. You know, five or six bucks, uh, I would have my friends enforce it. So uh, I, you know, I guess entrepreneurial. I, I, <laughs> the fact yes. that I have the enforcers was kind of Weird. <laughs> that's how that's I did so.
2: That's great. And uh, do you think your kids are going to follow
0: your steps, Mike? Do you think they'll become entrepreneurs? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think the, the kind of first lesson to, to kind of share from my experience is entrepreneurship is not for everybody. It, it's not something everyone should do. But I think if the if the desire hits you, that moment hits you. You have a calling. You got to serve. You got you got to explore it. For my kids, um, you know, I I don't see them desiring that yet. They're still very young, though. And you know, when it it hits them and they want to, I'm going to support it fully. But I'm not going to push them into doing something that I did. Just like my parents didn't push me into doing what they did. I don't think I'll do that with my kids. Whatever they want, you know, go for it. Life's short.
2: I think that's great. All right, so Mike, we're going to switch gears and we're going to go right into the book, the Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. What uh, an incredible, I just love the title because it always makes everybody take a double look at the book and say, does that really say what I think it says? <laughs> and yeah. I think it's great. I, I love it. And um, what made you decide to really go out and write the book? How did that all come about?
0: Well, it, it talks to what I believe is the, the core of an entrepreneur, and I think we're misguided. We, you know, we see the, the covers of the magazines and stuff, and, and the Donald Trumps, that I referenced, and the mary case, and we think that entrepreneurship is kind of this glorious path to riches. And it can be a path to riches, but the path there is definitely not glorious. So, in fact, I came up with the title, and, and hopefully you know, your family isn't sitting around eating a late breakfast right now because <laughs> I'm going to destroy their appetite uh, if whoever else is listening. But the analogy is entrepreneurship is kind of like the bathroom experience, and the, the cover of my book is is that three-sheet experience we've all had, when you look over and it's like, oh my God, there's just three sheets here, but no one in the bathroom gives up and says, you know, life is over, I'm going to sit here until I die. We, you know, root through the, we root through the garbage can, uh, we do whatever it takes, we tear up the cardboard roll if there's one left, we, we do whatever it takes to succeed. And Entrepreneurship is the same way. We, we never will be in a position where we have a full roll of cash or a full roll of decks of contacts. All those resources aren't there. We are going to be caught shorthanded more often than we expect. And the definition of successful entrepreneur is a person that is willing and able and desirous even to root through the dumpster of life, if you will, and pull mm-hmm. out uh, crazy ways of getting the same job done but with – with very few resources. And if, if you're willing to live an entrepreneurial life that way, where you're willing to, do, to break the rules, if you're willing to, and, and desire is to find alternative paths to get there that can't be achieved, or that, that people think can't be done, especially without money, then you have kind of the blood of what makes a successful entrepreneur. And that, that's kind of how I came up with that title. We're already doing it in our personal lives, in the bathroom when we get stuck, you have to take that same mentality into the entrepreneurial world.
2: Yeah, I think you're so, so right, Mike. And this whole idea of people out there thinking that entrepreneurship is so easy. I mean, I can just talk to the mom entrepreneurs out there and uh, lots of us had pretty successful careers and you know, I just know for myself when I decided to come up with the idea for my Glovius product, I said, this will be a great opportunity for me to stay home with my kids. But um, we're actually coming up on a break right now. But, Mike, um, I'll tell you a little bit more about how staying home and working from home, sometimes you spend less time with your kids than you think. But we'll be back in just a moment. Thanks. Thanks.
1: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi, right after these on Toginet.com. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hands. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginet. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these Soul Sisters Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, part of the Her Insight Network, in Network on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to instruct. Inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairyTaleWishes Inc.com. And for Diana, the next big Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Clickman and Diana Cohen. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girassi on toginet.com.
2: Welcome back, everyone. We have Mike McAllowitz, who is the author of The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, with us today. And we were just discussing how, as a mom entrepreneur, so often, you know, a lot of moms out there say, oh, I'm going to start this great new business so I can be home with my kids. And take it from me, I've been doing this for five years, and there are days when you just really don't have much time with your children at all, so... Before you really go out there and put everything on the line, please, any mom entrepreneur out there who's thinking about starting their business, you should talk to at least three other mom entrepreneurs out there for the real story because it really, really is a tough job, you know, managing a business and managing your household, especially if you do have children. It's a lot of fun. I won't um, say that. I, I will definitely say that. I love doing what I'm doing, but... It could be also very, very challenging. So, all right, Mike, with that, let's move forward. And um, I just know that you have a ton of tips and tricks for our listeners here. So um, why don't we start by talking about some of the things in your book that you'd like to share with us?
0: Yeah. So um, I I think the definition of an entrepreneur is you have to be a rule breaker. I mean, just like the fact you became an entrepreneur, you broke the first rule. Like, you know, no one starts their own business. Are you? Cra- That's what your friends are saying. Are you crazy? You know, what are you doing getting into it? And then ultimately, when you start a business, it becomes a little bit of a trap, as you were pointing to. Uh, you know, you you think you're working for no one, but actually now you have all these bosses. They're not bosses anymore. Now they're called clients. But they, they're bosses. So you, you work more. You're doing more. You have less time for yourself. So you need to find shortcuts. So... The, the toilet paper entrepreneur, the book, is all about the kind of the mentality and the how-tos of pulling those tricks out of that dumpster. So, so I'll, share, I'll share a couple with you. I think that might be interesting to, to, to the folks listening in. You know, one of the classic things an entrepreneur must do once we get started is we need to advertise. We need to get marketing exposure. I mean, if no one knows about us, of course we're not going to consume our service or our product. So here's a little trick I've been using that works wonders, and I think anyone listening right now has to write this down. And the second the show is over, do this because it's a game changer and it, it costs basically nothing. Here, here's the trick. Unfortunately, you know, with this economy, Joe, you know, there is a lot of competition going out of business. But for us, that's kind of good. And what you do is next time you're driving down the highway look at the billboards out there for your competition and write down the numbers they have listed on this billboard. Uh, go into the yellow pages and check if they're still advertising there, check the numbers they've listed, and definitely go to their websites and check the phone numbers they have listed. Then call these phone numbers, and you're going to find that some of these businesses have gone out of businesses and business and the phone numbers are disconnected. So because they bought the advertising for the billboard or the yellow pages or set up that website – um, in advance, it's still running, but the phone number is disconnected. Call your phone company, your local carrier, and tell them to redirect that phone number to you. And mm-hmm. well, you got to recognize these billboards, these advertisements, these websites are still bringing in traffic. It's still bringing visitors, and people are calling these numbers. So instead of getting a disconnected number, have it ring to you, and when you pick up, you can say, hey, we're sorry to say that the number you're calling is coming of business, but we have taken over uh, the responsibility of serving our clients, so we're here to serve you. And literally, if you do this one little trick, it costs practically nothing to redirect the phone number, a disconnected number. You will get your phone ringing immediately with no advertising costs, because those costs have already been incurred by all your competition that's gone out of business. Wow.
2: That's such an incredible idea, Mike. So, what should we do? We we would call the telephone company, and then we would probably just be charged a connection fee or something. Is that it? Or exactly.
0: My phone. I'm located right outside of New York City. My phone company is Verizon. Here, I call Verizon. I say, "Here's the number I want. I like to redirect it to me." They charge uh, something like a ten dollar fee to reconnect the line, and then the normal you know line fee. But you do it, and it, it is funny because I've done this myself. Um, I've done it for uh, some of my clients too. And literally the number changes, and sometimes within minutes the first phone call comes in. These are people actively seeking uh, your services or services like yours, and now they're calling you. So it's a great, great technique to do that. And, and there's a lot more out there like that. You just have to think outside the box. You have to be willing to do stuff that's different. Yeah, of course, not to pitch myself too much, you can buy my, book. of the tips are in there too. <laughs> Like, you just have to be willing to use a different type of mentality.
2: I think that's why I like your book so much, Mike, because as entrepreneurs, most of us do think out of the box, and your book is just all about that, and you really, like you said earlier, you really don't have to spend a lot of money. You just have to be really, really creative on how to get the word out. doesn't matter how good somebody's book is or how good somebody's product is. It doesn't matter... Unless you can get the word out that you're actually you exist, and that I love yep. that idea.
0: So competition. Yeah, you know, it starts with there's being. It, it starts with asking ourselves a better question. I think a lot of us sit there as entrepreneurs and say, "Why can't I? Why am I not making progress? Why am I not successful?" And our brains are tuned that when we ask a question like that, we will find an answer, and we'll say, well, you are not successful because you're not trying hard enough or something." We'll, we'll, we'll always find an answer. But if we ask a better question, if we constantly say to ourselves, how can I achieve X without any money? How can I get tons of advertising with no money? How could I get my product on the shelves of major retailers without having a distributor, for example? And when we ask ourselves those questions, all of a sudden, the right answer, sometimes 3 o'clock in the morning, other times when you're in a shower, pops in your mind, and then we Mm -hmm. have to go for it. And and just – I'll give you one more example – Uh, That, by the way, that question of how do I get my product on major retail shelves without a distributor, that was a question I kept on asking myself. When I came out with my book, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, um, when it came out, I didn't have the backing of any uh, distributors. I didn't have a major publisher backing me, but I wanted to have a top-selling book. So I kept on asking myself, how do I achieve this without the traditional backing? And it happened for me. I came up with the answer at some bizarre time. And this was the trick I used. And, and anyone listening, you can do this exact same thing. i uh, do it before it's too late because I think other people are going to catch on and start doing it, and it's going to burn <laughs> out. But what I did was I printed up my book. Um, I called all my friends uh, in my neighborhood and my old friends from college and, and any business colleagues I had, and I said, I, I want to ask you a favor. Would you be willing to take 20 books of mine and go to all the local uh, major bookstores, you know, Barnes & Noble's, Borders, Uh, even Costco has a book section. And what I want you to do is sneak books into the stores and stack them on the shelves. It's like the reverse of stealing. We were bringing merchandise into the store and stacking the shelves. And the idea was that people, customers, would go there, hopefully be uh, catch the attention of this book because of its title, and, and be interested in buying it. And then when they went to the cashier, there'd be utter confusion. You know the cashier's like, we don't sell this book, and the customer said, "Well, but you own, you have it here. I want." They're like, well, I'm sorry, we don't carry that. I mean, there would be a fight over my book. And yeah. sure enough, sure enough, uh, it worked. It happened at Barnes and Nobles. Um, we we ultimately got stories from from people that tried to buy it. They had this confusion. At Barnes and Nobles managers were called in. The moral of the story is: um, about three months after doing this, I got a call from Barnes and Nobles. I was scared when through the phone. I thought, they were going to lecture me, (laughs) but they ordered two kids, that's 3,000 books from me. And since then, uh, Barnes & Noble has been the biggest customer of the Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. They just actually did a restocking order just a day ago, all because I was willing to kind of break the rules and do it, you know, Toilet Paper Entrepreneur style, if you will.
2: I, I think that's amazing, Mike. I mean, I I knew the story and I was laughing while you were saying it because I just think it is such an amazing you know how you came up with it it's so so creative and it worked it's just like really what did you have to lose by doing that
0: did you have I, I, I don't you know, know like I you like I'm not stealing stuff I mean it's not like I don't think no. it's illegal I could see this the store proprietor saying hey, you're using our property uh, illegally or illegitimately, I think it get a slap on the hand. But part of part of entrepreneurship is asking for forgiveness, not permission. If we, if we ask for permission, that means we're adhering to rules. But being entrepreneurs, we have to break them. Now, we can't harm others. That, that's the one rule I have. Right. I love to break rules, but never harm someone else. But we've got to be willing to take the risks. So if, if someone makes a product for a supermarket, sneak it in. See what happens. Go yeah, for it. I...
2: I love the idea, and perhaps I'm going to have to try it with my glovies, Mike. I'll just have to, you know, go into Babies R Us and accidentally have it pull out of my diaper bag. And if it's on the floor, it's on the floor, right?
0: Heck, yeah. And if it's in the primo perfect uh, merchandising shelf they have in the prime spot, hey, it may fall right there, too. I mean, try it out. What do you have to lose? And, and also, by it. the way, as an entrepreneur, if we really believe in our product, I really believe in my book. You really believe in your gloves. We know we have great stuff. That is the best marketing. Once we get into the consumer's hands and they experience a Glovey, they know how incredible it is and are going to tell others. So we all need to do that. We all need to really have true faith in our own product to get in people's hands because they'll market it itself if it's really as good as we feel it is. it. I love it. So,
2: Mike, tell me, what do you think about advertising? Like, would you pay for advertising? I get the feeling the answer is going to be no from you.
0: Yeah, well, the answer would be no with a little asterisk of top. I don't believe in uh, traditional advertising, which is top-of-mind recognition. You know, we're all told, like, the more you pump out your name, uh, the more the consumers likely to buy you when they're ready to buy The problem is we can't compete with Procter & Gamble or Nike or whoever our major competitors are. They can blow us away on budget. The asterisk is there is what's called direct marketing, and that can be very effective. Direct marketing is where you advertise. I do mostly on the Internet, but you could do it in print media online, where uh, the person that sees the advertisement um, has um, a code or some way of us tracking Um, the effectiveness of the ad. So uh, a coupon, for example, is a form of direct response marketing where someone will bring the coupon to our store and we can see if it works. The beautiful thing about direct response marketing is we can tell in a very quick, uh, short time frame, a.k.a. little cost associated with it, we can tell quickly if our advertising is working or not. So in certain arenas, it does work. The other tip is we have to speak very aggressively in our advertising to our very tight community a lot of us think oh my god if a, if a 10 million people saw my product uh you know at least one percent would buy it and that would be a hundred thousand sales i would be so rich I, ironically that doesn't work we're better served right. if we sell to the 10 people that would be ravenous over our product and spend our efforts there because if we close five percent of the ravenous people then we're serving ourselves well. We
2: did good. Oh, that's great. So, Mike, we're going to talk more about niche markets in just a few minutes. We'll be right back from sure. this break.
1: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi, right after these on toginet.com. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, part of the Her Insight Network. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual treasuring important values honoring the past and increasing peace of mind you don't have to become amish to make personal peace a reality amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life for more information go to suzannewoodsfisher.com with amish wisdom suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace serenity and total commitment to family and god this show just might change the way you live your life it's amish wisdom with suzanne woods fisher Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Toginet.com.
2: Well, welcome back, everyone. So, we have Mike Michalowicz today. So, Mike, I just want to give you an opportunity. If any of the listeners are out there um, listening, and they would like to get in touch with you. Can you just give us the information on how we can do that?
0: Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, if you want to check out, and, and there's, I have tons of free resources on my website, that's the best place to get started. It's toiletpaperentrepreneur.com. Uh, and if that's difficult to spell, which I struggle with it occasionally, just go to Google and give your best shot at spelling toiletpaperentrepreneur, and you'll find it. Uh, and then the listeners should definitely sign up there Uh, I don't do a newsletter, but I do tips. So when I discover new stuff, I'll just drop a quick email out to everyone uh, sharing the best stuff I find. So toiletpaperentrepreneur.com is the place to check me out. If you want the book, obviously go to Barnes & Noble. You can get your Mm -hmm. copy there or on amazon.com, you can pick up a copy there too.
2: Oh, that's great. But, um, you know, one other really important thing, Mike, is that if the listeners do go and sign up with you on your website I was amazed at all of the contacts that you really have out there because I think it was about a month ago that you sent something out about um, MSN looking for, you know, a new baby product, and you have those connections, and I thought that was amazing, and I was so happy for the girl that actually got chosen, and you just opened up a huge door for her, so... I just want the listeners yeah, to know that Yeah, definitely it's find
0: That's the one thing I believe about in, in serving the community. I think a lot of people sell their stuff constantly, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. I really believe it's really about serving your members, your community. So when you sign up, I open up my Rolodex, and we just got someone onto MSNBC, uh, onto television. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have contact at Wall Street Journal. I'm actually now a columnist for the Wall Street Journal, and I got someone in there. I got someone on CNBC. I got someone on the radio. So... Any time of these opportunities, I'm reaching out to the, the people that have been loyal and faithful to our community and giving them the opportunity. So sign on yeah. up for sure.
2: I, I think it's really well worth your time. Mike has some incredible tips, and I just I have to tell you, Mike. When I got that tip from you about MSNBC, I said to myself, you know what? Mike really is paying it forward, and that's what gave me the idea to have you on my show. So.
1: Thank oh, you for being with
2: thanks. us. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Thank you. All right. So, Mike, let's talk a little bit more about the niche market because I know you feel very strongly that um, the niche market is so important. So, yes. you know, how does somebody really figure out who their niche market is?
0: Yeah. So what you have to do is you have to listen closely. I don't think any of us really know. When we go into we should have an idea of where we're going and who we're serving. You know, when you make your product, who who you serving? You should you should think about that. But you have to pay attention closely to who's consuming it, and inevitably, it reveals itself to be different. Uh, my second company, um, it was called, uh, it was a friendless company. I, I sold it to a Fortune five hundred, but when I went into it, I thought the consumer of this would be large corporations. So I was doing computer crime investigation for large corporations, and it ended up being. Uh, very high-net-worth individuals that were doing defense. Uh, that's how I got into the Enron trial. We were representing Kenneth Lay, Fastow, all those guys. Uh, uh, you know, I can't, there's some other names that are just kind of racing through my head now. But if I didn't listen to who's consuming it, I would still be going after the corporation. But when I got my business in place, I kept asking, who's using this and why are they using it? And it ended up being these high-net-worth individuals that had actions brought against them and I said, wow, that's my niche. So all of us, all of us listening right now, we have to see who we're serving, but who are the consumers that is really resonating with? And now how can we focus in on them and take our, level, our service or in our product to the level where we are the undeniable leader for that small category? They will become champions for us. They will become our marketing arm. They'll start spreading the word. They'll find it unbelievable that a company is so committed to them that they'll become very vocal about it. So I'm telling you, the riches are in the niches. The more narrow you go, the more focused, the more you serve your community, they will have overwhelming appreciation for you, and they'll spread the word for you. It's worked for me every single time.
2: Yeah, I think that's really great advice. I'm so glad we shared that. So, all right, I'm going to switch gears here just a little, Mike, because I feel like you are a branding expert. I think you've done an incredible job, not only the way you marketed your book, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, but I think you've done an incredible job at branding Mike McCallowitz And I think it's just so, so important that entrepreneurs out there realize that everything, business is changing now and people want to know exactly who is that man or woman behind the business. So I'm just curious, like, how did you do such a good job at branding yourself?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you the secret. But first I'll tell you why it's so important. Is If we brand ourselves, this is the new version of marketing now. It used to be you branded a thing, Crest Toothpaste, uh, Fast Company Magazine. These were branded things. But the consumer now wants, because of Uh, social media, the Internet, and so forth, we want to build an intimacy. We don't feel close to Crest. We feel we consume Crest, but we feel close to people. We can connect with people. Now, the the reason it's so powerful is, as a small business, we have just as much influence. We have the ability to have just as much influence as the big company because we can deliver our personality through the web, and potentially even more influence because we can be genuine. And the beautiful thing about personal branding is as you build a brand around you, It can't be copied. You don't have to worry about copywriting, Josephine. I don't have to worry about copywriting, Mike. There's only one of you. There's only one of me. No one can copy it. Now, the key to being successful is kind of unlearning what we were told in high school or what we were taught in high school. What we were taught in high school, socially speaking, was usually you're best served by not standing out. You get in your clique, and you kind of bury yourself in the clique, and you're protected. You build a bubble of people around you. And if you get, quote, unquote, attacked or whatever it is, you know, made fun of or poked fun of, you could always go back to your click and there was protection in numbers. So it's kind of ingrained in our mentality that the more we kind of comply with the group, the safer it is. Well, the problem with that mentality is if we try to comply with the group, we don't stand out. We just blend in. We're just more, you know, mm-hmm. cattle-like. The key to personal branding success is to be yourself to the fullest. Do not comply with what the the group want or you feel the group want. Comply 100% with who you are and accentuate your idiosyncrasy. So the toilet paper entrepreneur, in in myself, the brand Mike Michalowicz, which is a horrible name to have. I mean, no one can pronounce (laughs) it, let alone spell it. Uh, You know, you think it's like the worst branding move ever. It is genuinely who I am. Mm -hmm. Then every people have with me are, it's the extreme parts of my personality. So there's nothing artificial there. It's truly me. But I show the self-deprecating side of me. The, the humor, I love to poke humor myself because I think mm-hmm. we all should have that element. So I really accentuate that. I'm a huge advocate for entrepreneurship, and I love finding shortcuts that actually deliver more than the long way. So every time I, I can do that and every element, I do that. When it comes to the experience with me even how I dress and stuff, it's 100 percent consistent with who I am. I don't wear stuff just to look like how I should look. I wear stuff because that's what I wear. So on many of my videos, I'm wearing a, you know a beat-up t-shirt with a hat on but you, and, and i am even shaped and like you shouldn't do that but, but that's the real person who I am that's how a real entrepreneur is. and the funny thing is when I'm truly genuine myself and I let myself out there unabashedly that it starts creating a new click, if you will, a new bubble. And people start coming to you saying, oh, my God, finally, someone that's willing to be themselves. And they feel emboldened now to follow you because they, were, they themselves were complying with what was expected of them, but when they see someone else unabashedly being themselves, they'll join that community. And that's the key to personal branding. Be yourself 100% unabashedly, and i will serve you so well.
2: Well, I think you're so right about that, Mike. And I have to tell you, I giggle every single time I get an email from you because I'm just like, you just make me laugh. And I'm like, all right, what does Mike have to say today? And I always click on it. And I'm like, Mike's the only one that has the guts to act. It's almost like you don't have a filter. It's like you say it as it is. And you're so real that it just it cracks me up, and I'm sure it cracks everybody up, and everybody's always wondering, what's Mike thinking today? like. And I think it's
0: great. I think you just nailed the, world, the word, unfiltered. Be an unfiltered you. Now, the thing is, you're right. Everyone in the group does resonate with it. They do crack up, but everyone in the world definitely does not, and that's the part we have to be aware of. There is a lot of people that can't stand me. They're like, who are you? You're insane. You cannot be like that. And they resist me. But that is the definition of success. When you have polarized uh, a group, when there's some people that love you and hate you, that means yeah. you are different enough to be recognized. If everyone thinks you're okay or no one's offended by you, you're not being extreme enough. Um, so so the antithesis of me, for example, is Manners. But she is another perfect example of accentuating unabashedly her inherent beliefs and, and who she is. So she takes manners to an absolute extreme, and she resonates with a huge community. We love Miss Manners, not all of us, but a huge portion of love her because she's unabashedly her. And then there's me, who is like, in that case, would be almost a polar opposite. And in a different community, that resonates with me. I think we're both very successful because we're unabashedly who we are. There is no right answer except for being consistent with who you are to the fullest.
2: Yeah, I think that's great, Mike. And just as entrepreneurs, you know, it's so funny. We always want approval from everybody. But, you know, I was taught at a very young age, a good friend of mine always said to me, he used to say, not everyone is going to love you. And it kind of helps you get a thick skin if you just realize and respect the fact that, okay, that's okay if that person doesn't like what I do or doesn't believe in what I do. As long as you believe in yourself, you create that thick skin and you just pick that phone up and make the next sales call or you just proceed and believe in yourself and move forward. As entrepreneurs, it's a, a little tough. Some days are better than others, but oh, I think yeah. you're so oh, right. I've
0: had, I've had days I've been sitting in the corner crying, sucking my thumb, going, oh, no one <laughs> likes me. and It, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel good. But, but it is God-honest truth. If, if you really think, I don't care who you are, if you think everyone in the world loves you, uh, you're wrong. You know, Mother Teresa, I think you couldn't argue one bad element about her, but still people, there were people that loathed Mother Teresa. It sounds insane, but it was, because she was so strongly who she was. So uh, the only thing you should fear, I think, is apathy. If people don't care about you, that means you're not evoking emotion. And that, that's the only problem, the only thing I'd be afraid
2: of. Yeah, I, I think that's great. Um, we're getting, coming up to um, another break. But, um, Mike, I, you're just so full of information, and I love this. And I have to tell you one thing that I think you do an amazing job at, at has to do with social media. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear all of the tips that you have. I know that you're out there tweeting all the time, And I know that you do a lot on your Facebook. So um, we're going to come up shortly, and um, I can't wait to talk more about social media and anything else you want to share with us, Mike. We're ready for you. We only have one more segment. I knew this interview was going to go super fast, but... uh, looking forward to the last segment so we'll be right back. I
1: got back. tons Thanks, of Mike. stuff coming, tons of stuff for you. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Thanks, paying Mike. it forward with Josephine Jurasi right after these on toginet.com. Exploring the world from the kitchen counter. It's Kitchen Chat with Margaret McSweeney. Fridays at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on TogiNet.com, part of the Her Insight Network. Margaret is a busy mom, an accomplished writer, a former banker, and a woman with a heart for charity. Margaret believes the kitchen is more than just the heart of the home, it's the heart of the world, and food is the universal language. Join Margaret each Friday at her kitchen counter as she chats with authors, chefs, doctors, bankers, publishers, artists, and many other interesting people who will not only share what's going on, Going on in their lives and professions, but who also will share their favorite recipes. Now, being an adult orphan has touched and changed Margaret in ways beyond measure, yet she turned it into something positive with Pearl Girls. For more information on Margaret and her passion for cooking and charity, check out her website, Margaret and her blog, From Finance to Fiction, at Blogspot.com. Come hungry for more than just food, it's food for the soul. Fridays, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, it's Kitchen Chat with Margaret McSweeney. with green halloween to tips tricks ideas and projects for every holiday you'll love celebrate green You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information. The newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon Central Time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. As we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas, now let's get back to bang it forward with Josephine Girassi on toginet.com.
2: But well, welcome back, everyone! I cut the music short because I want to use every minute here, Mike. So, um, so we have Mike McCallowitz. Um, the founder and owner of Obsidian Launch and the author of The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. And, Mike, before we get started with the last segment, I would love for you to just um, share with our listeners. Perhaps they're going to be someplace where you might be giving a speech or something. Do you have anything interesting coming up?
0: Yeah, I, I am speaking. Um, eBay actually hired me to, to speak throughout the country um, to their community but it really ends up, it's really inviting to any entrepreneur. So if you want to check me out, I'm going to, it's, I want to say 99% sure it's San Jose. If you go to eBay on location, check it out. September 1st and 2nd, I'm speaking out there. I think there's six or 700 people going to be out there. Definitely come out. I'm speaking to some other uh, big-time keynotes also. So that, that's the next event. Plus, it's in California. I mean, that's not too bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, I was just in San Diego and... Oh, gosh, it's over it. I just love California. So, yeah, that oh, would be beautiful. fun. All right. So, Mike, um, let's move on and talk a, a little bit about social media. What kind of tips do you have for us about social media?
0: Yeah, so social media is huge, but it's not huge, I think, in the way most people think it is. They think social media means Facebook and Twitter and you know, MySpace, which is pretty much dying out. And that's what social media is. But really, social media is is any form where you're able to publicly communicate with your community, and reverse it, and they can communicate with you. So email actually is a huge form of social media that's underutilized and under misunderstood. And Obsidian launched my company. We're we're working with. Clients now. Actually, I just got a call from a major gubernatorial candidate that wants our assistance in understanding how email communications work. So we work with a lot of companies and teach them email. So when it comes to social media. I think all of us, everyone listening, has to understand it's not just Twitter and Facebook. It's email. It's a blog. It's video. It's all this stuff. Now, he, here's the big trick you got tip or trick you got to take out of this this uh, interview is less is more. If you try to do all these places, all the different spots and you do poorly, it, it's gonna, uh, your consumers that read that will think poorly of you. I call it ports of entry. And the real quick analogy is I'm here in New Jersey, right outside New York City. If you've never been to New Jersey before or have only traveled through, you probably feel we are the armpit of the nation. And unfortunately, we deserve that term because our ports of entry are horrible. The, the Newark airport for New Jersey is an industrial park. The major roads go through industrial areas too. And... If you, Our Twitter and our Facebook, and if we're not managing correct, that for our consumers are our ports of entry. And if their first experience is a negative one in any of those areas, they're going to think we are the armpit, if you will, of the industry. So before you don't jump into any of those, take one thing on at a time. And I suggest always start with a blog because a blog is a central community that you have control over. Start with a blog and start blogging, but make sure it is a polished professional, I shouldn't say professional because that's not what I am, but make sure it's a genuine representation <laughs> of who you are. If you are positive and professional, make sure it is. And as customers come there and prospects come there, their first impression will be positive. Once you've got a foothold on blogging, then do the next thing, which may be Twitter, and make sure that's congruent with the feel of who you are then the first impression will be positive, then expand to Facebook, then do that. If you try all at once, that's what a lot of people do, it's usually a very poor representation of who you are and actually dissuades customers from coming to you.
2: So, Mike, I think that's a great idea. Now, I have to tell you, I did exactly what you told us not to do, okay? (laughs) Confession made right here. And I thought it would be great to start a blog. I absolutely love to write, so I thought it would be really, really easy Truth of the matter is, blogs are really hard to keep up with. And um, are you familiar with Harrow, Mike? Help a reporter I am. out? Yep. Love
0: yeah, Harrow. I, lo-
2: I love Harrow. And what happened was I started to realize that Harrow has done a tremendous job for me as far as public relations. And I'll tell you, Mike, I'll share with you a really uh, fun thing that's going to happen. I told my listeners a couple of weeks ago that I responded to a Harrow Query, and they were looking for somebody who wanted a makeover, and this was like a year ago, and I said, oh, I would love to do it. I was working out with a trainer the whole entire thing, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Of course, Mike, what happens is it didn't pan out, which I was like, okay, don't worry about it, but they wanted to keep my information on file. So I said, okay, sure, they keep the information on file. What do you know? Like three months ago, no trainer anymore, eating Oreo cookies with my kids that night, Mike, at... <laughs> They call me back. I'm like in a panic. And I'm saying to myself, there's no way. There's no way. So they didn't really tell me who this makeover was. So I just got the phone call last night. It's completely confirmed, even though I never believe this stuff is going to go through. But they said, no, this is really happening. Who do you think it's happening with, Mike? It's, does the name Jacqueline Smith, Charlie's Angels, ring
0: a bell? Holy cow, that is my hug. Grade school, I like got poster <laughs> woman person. She was all over my room. Are you kidding me? How cool
2: is this? So now I'm going to go on TV with Good Housekeeping. And um, she was a famous icon I was talking about a couple of weeks ago on my show. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But the thing is, Mike, is that you have to just go out there and put yourself out there. And hopefully they're going to introduce me as the inventor of Glovies on national TV.
0: So, oh, that's beautiful. that's beautiful. That'll turn into and, something. And I'll give you another tip. Absolutely use Harrow. Actually, I'll give you two tips. Absolutely use Harrow, but there's another opportunity, and it's not just being a source, meaning be putting yourself out there to get on shows, but it does happen, and you have to do that. But it's additionally being a journalist. You yeah. can also go on to Harrow and there's tons of other PR sources. PR connection is a big one I use. Um, and pitch PR is another one. And you reach out to the community and say, hey, I'm looking to compile an article about this subject. Who wants to participate? Now you have 30 or 40 people that are interested in in learning about you because they want to participate on your website. And then you can compile a blog. You don't have to worry about preparing all the content off the top of your mind. You can get information from these experts that participate that all love the subject you're talking about. So it's a great way of attracting people in. There's another little tip. There's a website you've got to check out. Actually, you're one of the first people I'm telling about this. There's a brand new website coming out called blogstampede.com. Blogstampede.com. And what that site does, uh, they're just finalizing beta testing, and we were lucky enough to get in the beta. Uh, but now they're going public or making it available to the public, is it builds blogs for you, uh, from a journalist perspective. So you can reach out to the community and say, hey, I'm writing on this subject, and it automatically collects, assembles, and prepares the blog for you, and it says, here's the 30 tips contributed about your subject. And it posts wow. to your website fully automatic. So we're, we've been using it for a year as a beta, and we, we prepare blogs that are rich in content, rich in information, have tons of contribution, and it literally takes five minutes to produce, ten minutes to produce. And the best part is Google has been treating it so well because it's great content that in some cases we ran it to the front page of Google for some great search terms.
2: Oh, I love that idea, Mike. And uh, the one thing I was saying about my blog is sometimes it's hard to keep up with it, but because I spend so much time responding to queries, whether it be on Harrow or not, what I decided to do was I am going to take those stories I write for those queries and use that as content for Uh, my blog. Genius. (laughs) we,
0: We were talking about social media, and just another tip here. Consumers, all of us, By packaging. You know, if you open up the hood of a Mercedes or a Toyota, basically it's pretty much the same, but the package is way different, so they dictate different prices. Different consumers buy Toyota than Mercedes, but both are great cars. Well, it's true when we go in the supermarket, we will buy, if you look at the label sometimes behind it, the exact same product because the packaging is different. Well, the same with our content. When you write something, you can also make a video out of it share the same message, but different consumers will consume or buy, quote-unquote, if you will, the video versus the text because that's how they consume. So when we do something one way, written, we have a responsibility in doing it multiple ways, live presentation, video presentation, audio, um, or whatever you can think of, and it's a great way of using the same stuff. It's a li- very little work to produce but it will attract in a whole new type of consumer, like a person that consumes slightly differently.
2: Yeah, you know what? That's such a great tip, Mike. And I have to say, I think you do an incredible job as far as your videos because a lot of times I I dread clearing off my desk. I have to tell you, being a sole entrepreneur, I sit in my office and I have piles and piles of things all over my desk. And the one thing I try to clear off my desk every night and – Do you know how I do it? I will like go to your website and click on your video and it helps me clear off my desk quicker because I have something. You want to get the hell
0: out of there, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm listening to your tips while I'm clearing off my desk and it doesn't seem so bad. So I I just love your, your videos and I think you're so right. You get your message across so clearly. And not only that, I think your videos help your branding also because I don't know. I, when I had first met you for the first time, I felt like I knew you for 10 years. And I think that, you know, that is a tribute to the fact that you do such a good job with your emails and with your video that you, you make everybody feel like, you know, you live next door to us. And I think it's
0: great. Thanks. You know, you the, the key is congruency. Every touch, every experience that someone has with me, I want them to see the true me. And at that points back to branding. If you're 100% unabashedly yourself, it becomes very easy how to do it. The, the response, though, is miraculous. I, I consider myself a Z-list celebrity. I, I recognize 99.9% of the entire world will never know who I am nor care who I am, but a very small amount has experienced now the toilet paper entrepreneur in me and start kind of resonating with it to the point where I actually got on an airplane. This happened six months ago. I got on an airplane I was walking down the aisle to go to my chair, and someone in the back of the plane goes, "Holy crap! It's Mike McCallum!" and jumps up. <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" The first time I ever experienced it. Now everyone else complains, "Who's this clown?" Who's I mean, like, like, who cares? But for that one person, I was very significant. My brand was very significant, and this is true for all of us. We all have the opportunity to be at least a Z-list celebrity if we're 100% unabashedly yourself and consistent about that through all touches people have with us. Oh, wow.
2: I am so sad to say, Mike, we have less than one minute to go with this show. You've probably given us 100 free tips um, for entrepreneurs out there today. You did an absolutely amazing job, and um, you, once again, let's share with the listeners how they can get in touch with you, and I hope you'll consider coming back and being a guest again on Paying It Forward. So, oh,
0: Mike, I'd love to got a million more tips I want to share. I wish we had more time, so <laughs> absolutely come back. If you want to learn more about me, definitely start at ToiletPaperEntrepreneur.com. Go there right now. Sign up, uh, and to get not my newsletter, but to get my email tips, I send them when I got them. But also, the website is chock full of free resources you can use and videos that will help you clean up your desk a little bit. And if you want the book, Amazon.com or just run over to Borders uh, or Barnes & Noble is the best deal right now, and you can pick it up at The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur.
2: Well, have a great day, Mike. Thanks so much for being with us, and I'll see everyone again on next week, Paying It Forward with
1: Josephine Girasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons learned,